Blog Talk Radio. Before we get in, 
because one never knows who's handling your car uh, in terms of the doorknobs. And we live in an area where people do. Uh, it hasn't ended yet, but they break in the cars. So if they're pulling on a knob uh, and there are people who are homeless or whatever condition they're in, it's very possible that you could have your car in, uh, infected with the virus. So I suggest that you're, uh, you're uh, proactive and anything you touch, even coming out of the home, touching the doorknob, having your wipes with you. And uh, if you don't have that, then, of course, consult on Google or YouTube and how to make an alcohol solution that is safe but also able to protect you from the virus. Um, we found out that, indeed, going to various stores to shop, uh, and, 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 and specifically a... Uh, a warehouse-type store. I won't name the, the company or the, the, the business name. But we found that last week people weren't ex exercising social distancing. And uh, we became a, a little bit alarmed at that, especially since the, the cashiers were uh, fraternizing with one another as we were checking out our produce. And I, I took the initiative to go to a manager to let them know that indeed that was not acceptable. Um, we, they weren't wearing masks and they weren't even wearing gloves for that matter. But I'm happy to say that we went back to that same place uh, this weekend and indeed they had tapes on the ground to indicate social distancing uh, uh, initi was initiated. Um, they were not wearing masks, all of them, some of them were and uh, some of them were wearing gloves. But it was a move in the right direction. Um, but more so, we have to understand that many of us are not able to go to large warehouse stores to buy uh, produce, groceries, and other uh, household uh, items in bulk. Indeed, we are forced to go to the local supermarket, or even so, beyond that, we go to the local bodega. So that's a problem because the bodegas do not, uh, the, do not uh, uh, practice social distancing. Needless to say, do they practice uh, the, the habit of wearing masks and gloves uh, on an on a overall basis. It so happens that one of the local bodegas in our neighborhood, the gentleman was wearing a mask around his neck, uh, and he was wearing gloves. But we have to also understand that uh, wearing gloves uh, without changing them, and if you're wearing them all day, you, that doesn't uh, negate you from transferring uh, the virus to other people as they come into the store. I also would like to make note uh, for those of you who are just listening, uh, so I know some of you might want to uh, take a break, but this is important. Many of us are sending our children to the store, especially to the bodegas. They are actually prime uh, uh, vehicles, uh, prime, a prime way, a major way for them to transfer the virus from the store, whether it be from the cashier, whether it be from the counter, whether it be from the, the, the racks that have the potato chips, the refrigerators that have the sodas, if they're picking up anything else, uh, these things have the potential of being contaminated. I would suggest that you send your children to a store with gloves on with, with, and with a mask and also with a paper bag for them to receive change, for them not to handle the money but to have a place in the bag. And if they don't have a bag, if they have to handle the money, then indeed uh, they hold that money in their left hand preferably. Anything do, that's done that's not sanitary, unclean, do with your left, and anything that's clean, do with your right, if you presume that it's clean. This, this is a practice that's exercised in various religious uh, communities and various communities that just have uh, a proactive understanding of how to deal with keeping themselves um, uncontaminated by such uh, things as fluid droplets. Now, let me just continue. I, I don't want to lose my thought, my thought about children. 
Many of the children are going to school for elders, for their grandparents. And indeed, they're going for their parents, or sometimes for themselves. The store. It's at the school. Oh, through the school. <laughs> through the store. My wife just corrected me. That's, that's you know, the benefit of having someone near you who's, who's, um, who's watching your back and listening. Uh, but indeed, I, will, I don't want to speculate, and I'm, I'm not uh, going to try to excite everyone more so than necessary, but I think this is something that we have to be proactive. I haven't heard this discussed uh, on, on the local news media, so we have to take our own initiative and understand that New York City, for, ex for example, is the epicenter of the coronavirus. So there's various reasons for this. And I think the, the, uh, one of the major indicators which I'm raising right now is how we interact, especially when we go to the store. Now, most of us are in isolation, and uh, we're following that request, that, that, that uh, uh, command that was made by the governor. However, he, he states that, yes, indeed, if you have to go to the store, if you want to take a walk, et cetera, but going to the store is one of the major, major, I think, uh, culprits in terms of how this virus is transferring itself. So we cannot be too cautious about how we interact with our children, uh, how we instruct them, how they interact with other children. And as I'm thinking about that, uh, many households have dogs, they have pets. In our neighborhood, a lot of people have pets and they walk down the street with them it just came to my mind. I didn't share this story with my wife, but pets have fur. And I understand, uh, depending on what school of thought, what scientific medical school of thought you, you listen to or read about the, the coronavirus, the droplets remain in the air. They just don't drop to the surface right away. So if you're walking your dog and those dogs are going to territorial areas which they've established and they're doing what they have to do, to, to get rid of their, uh, their, their uh, to, to, to get rid of their waste. Indeed, other dogs have been there. And then, of course, the dogs go through their social uh, rituals. So there's a possibility that the virus is being spread through them. Haven't heard about that. There's something to be considered. Now, the pet owners, they hug their dogs, and they hug other dogs. Or they come into the apartment building or the home. But uh, they're not taken under consideration that they perhaps should uh, wipe their dogs down, wipe off their paws, and I'm going to get to something about paws relating to shoes. I would like to mention something, though, when you finish your thought. No, I'm going to hold on to it. What would you like to share? I just wanted to acknowledge someone in the chat room, and I'm obviously having technical difficulties because things that I'm trying to post on posting, but we have... Um, someone online who's talking about how the masses are in denial or just simply ignorant of the significance of um, COVID-19. Nothing will ever be the same. And I just want to mention to this listener, I appreciate you. Yes. Because um, um, they, they um, started off with saying, this is your new up-close and personal 911. <laughs> And I, I appreciate those comments because um, just like what my husband was just saying, many things, you know, those who are in, in government, we want to hold them to like the highest standard Absolutely. ever yes. because that's, you know, why they were elected mm -hmm. and people believed in them and chose them to, to lead. However, we have to allow space for them to be human beings, and they don't think of everything. Because I know when we're listening to CNN, we hear the same warnings over and over again. And like my husband was saying, the things that we're talking about today, we don't hear them, and some of these are common sense things, but they're not being focused on or acknowledged for whatever reason. And so that's why we chose to have a conversation yes. on this show about it. So what my husband was saying about, the children going to the store. I want to add to that. We have to remember. You know, I'm I'm an ex school teacher, so I just want to preface that. We have to remember children are going to be children, and so no matter 
how well you may prep your children. Sometimes children are just going to do whatever they do simply because they are children. Yes. Um, they may not understand the depth of this COVID-19 like an adult can, they're already going stir crazy because they're, you know, they're under um, home quarantine. Mm -hmm. They're not supposed to go out. So, yeah, so here you are, a parent. I mean, let's, let's think about this. Yes. You are a parent, and you're going to tell the child, or, you know, if, if they have siblings, maybe you might send them in, in a pair or mm -hmm. send the three of them together, however you plan on doing it. Mm -hmm. And, and not for nothing, that might give you a break for 15 <laughs> minutes, let's be real, right? Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> they're going to go out and live. they're going to be like, soon as they leave you, you can, you can coach them and tell them, you know, this is a very serious situation. Don't talk to them. Don't, don't talk to anyone. Um, if someone tries to touch you or whatever, you know, you, you may school them as to what they need to do. But come on, let's be real. The second they leave that house, they're going to be like, yes, we're yes. free for 15 minutes. And they might not think at the moment of everything you told them before Absolutely. they walked out the door simply because they're children. Absolutely. So reinforcement has to occur. Maybe a, maybe a sibling, maybe the oldest sibling, you, you might want to consider as long as you're not um, – homebound or disabled or in a high-risk group and unable to go to the store yourself, you might want to reconsider sending the children. I was going to say that. Especially sending them on their own. Absolutely. I was it's just not, and, it's, and again, it's nothing against the children. Right. Yes. But from being an ex-educator, ex I mean, come on. Children are going to be children. They're mm -hmm. not going to think of it the way we think mm -hmm. of it. They're mm -hmm. probably not going to react the way we would want them to all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, so let's let's keep that in mind when we talk about sending children to the store. And then as far as the, the stores, the bodegas, um, they're trying to stay afloat. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm not giving them a free pass. They need to put a sign in their window, yeah. or if they have a, a staff member, an employee there that could stand by the door, just like they did yesterday when we went to the pharmacy. Mm -hmm. We had to wait outside, yeah. and there was um, a, a security guard mm -hmm. letting people go in a certain number of people at a time, and we had to wait outside in the rain mm -hmm. to go into the pharmacy. Now, Again, keeping it real. Don't expect that level of service at the bodega. Right. But they should have an awareness. They, if they're going to have their doors open in the neighborhood, they need to have a level of awareness. They need to care about the community, not just be here to, you know, to do business and not really take care of um, the community with their mm -hmm. business dealings. Yeah. So even if they put a sign, they might not have that. They might not have the bandwidth to actually station someone by the door, and I get that. But at least you know, on a big sheet of paper or something, put a sign. Uh, maintain social distance in this store. Right. I, I think you made a, an awesome point, a very significant point, Eddie. Um, we we cannot emphasize that enough. The the bodegas and and the Della contestants. They have no problem with uh, getting a sign saying that they are selling organic food. You know, uh, of course, that's a permanent sign, neon and all that. Uh, but they should have the same vig vigor and determination to make sure that the community knows that they are conscious of our well-being. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't want to name names or get into anything that's uh, – but just in the general area, there's certain uh, – uh, uh, bodegas and and people who serve certain things that they don't eat or consume themselves. And um, I, I'm very clear, we got to go there, that uh, they're not going to make an effort to uh, watch out for our well-being and health. So we have to uh, become political, we have to become spiritual on a community level and demand that this happen because this is no joke. We cannot, there's no area for uh, leadway. And by the way, those of you who are listening, if you'd like to uh, tune in, just dial 516-453-9459. Uh, Again, that's 516-453-9459.
0859 and hit the number one button, and that would indicate that you're raising your hand, and we'd be more than happy to have you join us uh, online with this conversation. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. So, so you were talking about we have to be political. We have to take it there. We have to take it there. As far as um, being astute enough to care about the community and where your business is located. Yeah. You know, don't don't say, well, you know, let me uh, do my business here, run my business, operate my business here, and then at the end of the day, we'll go home to Westchester or New Jersey or wherever they happen to live. You know, Absolutely. That's the issue is if you're going to have a business in a community, you need to be reverent as far as how the actions of your business could affect the community. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and actually, it behooves you to do this, business owner, because if your customers and clients get sick, then you don't have any business. So it's, it's to your best interest that you become proactive. So uh, and, indeed, we have to take our health into our own hands and be proactive from a grassroots level. Indeed, this, uh, this show is called Grassroots Holistic, Holistic Health. And we're very serious about this. We're not just talking so that we can get um, likes and, and loves and, and waves and all that and smiley faces. No, we are alive, serious. And we're serious. We don't, you know, thank you for the smiley faces and whatnot. Right. They're cute, but we don't. We don't need all of that. We're we don't trying, need that. We're trying to help, and those things can be a distraction, and, it, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's great. But, uh, yes. yeah, so I, I just want to acknowledge again our our guest. Um, our guest, um, when we were talking just now about how the shop owners mm-hmm. could show a little bit more interest in the community and yes. where they're deriving their, their income from, mm-hmm. um, and so our guest said, and they should be knowledgeable of change, um, knowledgeable of things. <laughs> this is cute. It says um, the ghouling and drooling elite. That's so funny. I love that. Do not, Do want-, not want you to know. Mm-hmm. And further, many of us, um, many if not most small businesses are, are toast at this point in time. And I'm going to mm-hmm. add the word anyway to that. Yes. Yeah, because many of them we're forced to close down. But those who are still operating, mm-hmm. if you're operating in the, in the community, come on now, let's all band together. Let's all look at this yeah. through the same lens. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, uh, the, the, the notion that you're indispensable no longer applies. You know, those uh, uh, small shops and bodegas particularly, because people go there for food. Those who don't have a uh, car, who don't have even bus or train fare to travel, you know, they go to their local stores. As a matter of fact, they get they get like a credit line with the food. It is a, That's what allows some of them to remain open. Exactly, exactly. You know? But before I forget, I want to just piggyback off that for a moment because yesterday you and I were talking about um, when we were going to the Price Club, mm-hmm. you and I were talking about how wonderful it would be if those in the community who are able to might just engage with an elderly neighbor, neighbor uh, or yes. a disabled neighbor yes. and ask them if they would like to have them get their groceries for them, and the reason being not from the supermarket but from the price club because, as you mentioned before, uh, many people do not have access to a vehicle, and they're not able mm. to benefit from the deep discounts at, at a price club. Absolutely. So those of us who are going to the price club to get our supplies and our food, if, you know, I, how wonderful would that be to ask someone who doesn't have access, mm-hmm. would you like me to bring – to bring your groceries down. We'll, we'll bring your food in bulk for you so you can save money. You know, many people um, are unemployed now. Mm-hmm. And so, they're, you know, they might not have access to a vehicle, and they're trying to pay full price. Mm-hmm. So those of us who can help out in that way, let's do it. Yes. You know, um, and, you know, my, my husband and I are elders, but we're willing to help. We're, we're, we're elders, but we're able-bodied. So we exactly. don't have a problem exactly. reaching out to others. But how many young people, mm-hmm. right, 
And I mean those under 50. (laughs) That's young, right? Absolutely. Those under 50. You know, think about it. You know, if you're able to do it safely, you know, wear your mask, wear your gloves, you know, don't put yourself or your families at risk. But if you can help someone, you know, this is the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I um, oh, yes, uh, uh, the person who's on our, in our chat room had mentioned that this is a double-edged sword. The terms credit and debt are interchangeable, and that's so true. So one of the things I'm happy that you mentioned that, um, guest, is that we need to have a, a concentration on educating people, educating people about finances, how to manage the money that they have. And we all have a need for that education. We can all upgrade in that knowledge. Uh, indeed, my prayer is that impulse buying is something that's actually being placed in check as a result of this situation that we're in. Yes, and, and, necessities only right yes. now. And I must say that uh, we have to go there also, that the, the, we're of African descent. We, 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 our ancestors, uh, going back 400 years, are responsible for the, the, the wealth that this country, the United States, has. And uh, unfortunately, many of us in our community uh, emulate the culture of that, of that ruling class, of the elite. And we cannot ill afford to do that. They are conditioned to uh, what uh, is known technically as um, superfluous consumption, uh, overextending themselves in terms of their lifestyle, and we in turn try to emulate that so that we can have a sense of being on par and equal and so forth. No, that game is over with. We have to recognize that we do not make as much money as uh, those people who are in power, who go to these schools and get these letters behind their name to justify them making more money than the average person who works under them. And we have to understand that we have to tighten our belts. We have to tighten our, 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 our purses and, and, and live within our means, uh, which brings me to the word fasting. Uh, in, in the future show next week, we're going to talk about health practices, such as fasting. We're conditioned to feel that we have to have three meals a day. Um, uh, my wife and I, our most important meal is our breakfast, breaking fast. We break fast with vegetables and fruits for the most part and, and herbal tea. And so there are many of us who have bought into the, the lie uh, to, to, have, to embrace a diet as opposed to having a livid. And, and that's eating meat, specifically pork and other uh, uh, meat products that are not really healthy for you, even if they're uh, grown in a, in, a, in, a, in a farm that's free roaming, so-called free roaming and so forth. No, we understand now that a lot of the food that's, uh, especially in our communities, black communities, we're getting second-rate food, food, whether it be chicken or, or red meat or whatever, that, that, that food is, is beyond expiration date, if you, are, if you wish. Um, we have to get away from canned foods. Of course, you want to have that in storage so that you have security, food security, to as much of a degree as possible. But if possible, you want to eat fresh produce, uh, your leafy vegetables of different colors, your fruits, and so forth. And those are things that we will be discussing in our next show. Uh, again, uh, my wife and I, we're not doctors, we're not dietitians. We're only sharing information in which uh, we found to be beneficial for our well-being and to support and sustain our health. So we recommend that you consult with your doctor, that you do your due diligence and your research, go into Google or YouTube or whatever source you have online to determine, indeed, how you will follow uh, any information uh, that we may share on our show. With that being said, we'd like to take a short break, and then we will be back with you in a moment. And, uh, again, we are so thankful for our guests uh, that sharing his thoughts or her, their thoughts with us, and we will address the last uh, statement you made regarding Switzerland. So please stay tuned.
everybody, yes, peace and blessings. This is Barbara Wesley Gray speaking to you again with my wife, Dr. Dora Gray, and I want to thank you for holding on and tuning in. So uh, as I mentioned before we went on our break, our uh, guest uh, mentioned something about uh, being in Switzerland, and uh, that's how you know certain things. That's interesting. Uh, indeed, I, I had the word socialism on my mind uh, a moment ago. And I guess we were talking about socialism, uh, communal uh, interfacing with one another, that Sissy started in shopping pen. So, indeed, uh, that's uh, the, the African way uh, for us to share with one another and to care with one for, enough for one another without looking for anything gained in return. And so what happens is that so many of us, and I know when we were talking about this, I have to go there. I took the conversation back to slavery. Yes, yes. Because the black community has been polarized by so many uh, overt as well as covert mm -hmm. activities from those who would consider themselves in power that There are so many ideologies, because I know lots of times you and I both talk about, well, this is the African way, that is the African way. But even within the African way, if we're going to talk about those who have migrated to the United States, even indigenous Africans mm -hmm. um, regard Africans who were born in the Americas differently. Yes. So there there are so many layers that have to be unpeeled and there's so many philosophies and thoughts, theosophies as well, that need to be unpacked before mm -hmm. things could ever really settle into something that's palatable for most of us. Right. That's the way that I see it. Yes. And so and I'm sure others see it that way as well, you know, just based on some conversations that we have. And those are some of the things we're up against. Now, that being said, though, I am your eternal optimist. Yes, and so am I. We are. I believe yes. in being a realist. People need to know this is actually what's happening. Mm -hmm. And it might, you know, it might cause distress in, in ways of thinking and everything, but I feel that in order to heal, you have to first acknowledge that something is wrong. And there are many who believe that things are on track, nothing is wrong, um, racism, that was something in the past. Well, anybody that would still believe that, I don't know what their level of thinking is because by now I think everyone has seen enough and heard of enough from the media to realize that that's just a totally false statement. Mm -hmm. But my optimism my optimism stems from just the fact, here's something, just the fact that we're able to talk about things such as this mm -hmm. and not like get lynched or something, yes. you know, when you walk yes. out the front door. Yes. That's, that in itself proves that there is hope for something better. Now, will it happen in my lifetime? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I do know that we are headed in the direction for massive positive change. And I know that um, if you look at things metaphysically, if you look at things metaphysically, mm -hmm. you'll be able to see the, the love and the caring and the change. But if you look at things through a secular lens, right. you might not feel that way. Absolutely. Yeah, the lens piece is so important. Yeah. That prism um, it is it, we're we're like dealing use the, the analogy, uh, the, the the metaphor. We're dealing with a uh, a kaleidoscope, as it were. As you turn it, there's a different vision. I see that someone that's tuning in uh, on our show, and uh, if you'd like to uh, speak with us, please hit the number one button, and we'll definitely have you tune in. Um, but I want to re refer to. Uh, our chat room guests, that um, socialism was probably recognized by Africans going back to thousands of years. 
as Ubuntu. And I, I, I'm happy you shared that because that word was on my Ubuntu. mind. Ubuntu is a very, very appropriate word. I think of the story uh, that was told, shared with me some years ago, several years ago, when I first learned of that word. And that was this missionary that was this missionary that that uh, was in Africa, I forget what country, what village, but he was with some boys in this in this story. And he um he he had uh arranged that he would have a contest between these boys, maybe it was about fifty of them, and he had some type of object, I forget what it was in this story, that he was uh, placing maybe 100 yards away, and he told them that the first boy in the group to um, to run and get the object would be entitled to keep it. I think it was apples or, bag, apples of, or bag, a of bag of fruit or something, yes. if I remember correctly. Yes. So the boys, they he, he counted to 10 or whatever it was for them to start running, and when they started to run, they all held hands together. And he was just amazed is what they were doing. <laughs> so they all held hands. They went to the, the, the prize, and they all shared that amongst them. Don't you love it? <laughs> and he, he asked, he said, well, why did they do that? And he says, well, in, in our culture, in our tradition, no one uh, wins a race. We all race together, and no one uh, is better than the other, and that we share everything amongst us. Unless we all win, no one won. Right. Unless we all win, no Absolutely. one wins. Absolutely. So I'm so happy to you uh, for you sharing that uh, that word. And indeed, we have, from a political perspective, people uh, coming into our political arena in this country, the United States, with a form of socialism that is not necessarily uh, congruent with the African way of Ubuntu. Uh, I'd like to take a moment to invite our guests who's uh, online to tune in with us. Um, Hello, uh, 1474, you're on the line. Would you like to speak with us? Hello, hi. Hello. I'm just just enjoying the uh, conversation. Oh, great. I'm happy that you're enjoying it, and and I uh, appreciate you tuning in to us. Absolutely. My name is Randy Choice. Thank you kindly. You're welcome. What's your name again? I didn't hear it. Uh, Randy Choice. Oh, yes, Randy. How are you? We're Facebook friends. Real, real good, Bob. Thank you kindly for the invitation. Uh, you're welcome. And I, I thank you for uh, receiving it. And, um, yes, sir. If you have thoughts, please feel free you know, to hit the number one button, and we definitely will have you um, uh, online to share any thoughts and comments, okay? Thank you kindly. You're welcome, my brother. Peace and blessings. Same to you, man. And, and everyone else. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, so where were we, hon? What were we talking about? So we're talking about Ubuntu. We're talking about yeah. how it might not necessarily be embraced in this country because people have their own spin on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, this country is... is uh, operated on, like, the win-lose, yeah. the win-lose philosophy, yeah. not the win-win philosophy. Yeah. I actually got cut down recently because of my win-win philosophy. I don't care, though. I just consider it that the person I was speaking with, that they lost out, uh-huh. not me. But, you know, with the understanding that in this country, this is a competitiveness, spirit of competitiveness, survival of the fittest, you know, if if I get a promotion, that means you lost one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, it's difficult in, in this society for people to embrace. You're getting a p- promotion does not mean that I lost one. It means that you got what you got because it was for you. Yes. If it was for me, I would have gotten it. Mm-hmm. And what I'm looking for is the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to compete with you for something I don't want that you think that I should want because you think it's a position of power without knowing that I'm interested in helping others to heal. I'm not interested in ruling with an iron hand in a way that many people will lose 
and that my inner circle will win. I'm not looking for that. So, you know, so I actually had that type of, um, I didn't have that specific dialogue, but that was my contribution to the put-down that was given to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, you know, this, this country, from ever since that I can remember, without my revealing my age, because I normally don't do that, not that I'm ashamed of it or anything, but it's really none of your business, okay? So, <laughs> but anyway, um, as an elder, um, yeah, I have never been in a situation as far as um, economically the different types of jobs that I've had where I did not see the win-lose. I've mm-hmm. never been in an environment where win-win was what was promoted, even if win-lose might have been part of the mix. Mm-hmm. So that, that's just the way things are here in this country. You know, Ubuntu, I, I just love that. I, just, I could just imagine the look on the face of the man when he had the, um, the young boys race and they all held hands and, yes. and, and I just love it. I wish I could have seen his face. Absolutely. He was probably shocked, like, Absolutely. what the heck? Absolutely. So we, 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 you know, we need to, on whatever scale we can, promote that way of thinking here. Mm-hmm. And we will, we will realize change. It may be slow. It may be small. It doesn't matter as long as we're able to mo- maintain momentum with it. Well, you know, I'm happy you mentioned that because I have something that I, I like to quote um, that was sent to me uh, about a week ago about the coronavirus. Virus. Um, this is from a quote from Artemis St. Germain, and that was in the early, uh, well, some centuries ago. One of humanity's biggest uh, concerns is the worldwide outbreak of the coronavirus. And he states that in late February, Adamus gave a short message with his insights of quite what this virus is about and why it is manifesting on Earth. He said that every virus, even the common flu, is ultimately a consciousness virus. It stems from an imbalance in human consciousness and serves to be a resolution to the imbalances. He also states that the coronavirus virus is specifically related to the current economic, financial imbalances, and the lack of equality on the planet. In fact, it's technology that can be ultimately helped to rebalance the situation for, uh, for those of us. And he also says that there is nothing to fear when you allow all energy to serve you. So, and, and we, we must go back to the fact that before this coronavirus, over 35,000 people were dying every year from the common flu. Now, the practices that we're exercising right now, are suggesting right now to uh, make yourself uh, immune, not immune, but not subject to being infected with the coronavirus, uh, the word immune is something we need to address in the future in terms of how to enhance your immune system. But the flu, if we was to practice what we are doing now, washing our hands when we come home, not touching certain things and whatnot, being as careful as possible, not bringing your hands to your face. Many of us would not even get the flu, for that matter. So there's a, a, a postulation that, indeed, this virus will, once it gets to a level of control, that it's going to die out. And, and then there's another school of thought that says that, indeed, once more people get the virus, and it's only 80%, 20% of us that succumb to an illness, uh, those that have a predisposed illness and health challenge, that indeed the virus would become as common as the flu that we have been experiencing for so many years uh, in the past, hundreds of years. So I'm not going to buy into that. Uh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do. I'm very apprehensive. I'm very mindful, as I have uh, indicated on my front page of our show on Facebook, that indeed uh, many of us from the of African descent are very uh, apprehensive and uh, and very uh, aware of the fact that Tuskegee, the Phyllis, uh, the syphilis uh, experiment that was made on on, on our, our brothers back then, uh, that's very real. 
Uh, we even have experiments that were done to our women in terms of uh, removing the uterus and, and operations that were unnecessary so that indeed interns could have practice uh, in terms of becoming doctors. So there is a, a, a dichotomy of, in terms of the opposites of homeopathic, uh, allopathic medicine uh, practices and also homeopathic and holistic practices. Well, this is something that I'm prayerful that is going to be recognized by the majority of us in our community as being an alternative. We have to eat the foods, uh, eat, let that food be thy medicine, as it were. We have to eat to live and be proactive in terms of how we pick the food that we consume, how we cook it, and also how frequently we eat and, and other things that can optimize our health along with proper exercise, you know, those are things in which we need to discuss uh, not only on this show, but amongst us, our families and our circle of influence. So uh, one thing that we have to understand that the diseases that are prevalent in our community, a lot of it is based on diet. A lot of it is not only food diet, but also uh, how we consume information. There's a physical diet, and I dare say, I don't think I made this up, but there's the emotional, mental diet. One has to be careful in terms of what you allow into your psyche. So we're talking about people, places, and things. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that, indeed, many in our community uh, self-medicate. And that self-medication, some of us uh, have our nose in the air when we look at someone who's homeless and who's addicted to alcohol, or we look to someone who's uh, smoking uh, uh, crack, or addicted to heroin, and so forth. So, but for the grace of God, there go I, don't judge. Right. So, not, we don't judge, because now we recognize that, indeed, anyone, we realize now, can become addicted. And one of the things that uh, is a huge addiction is sugar, uh, trans translate, transferred into food. So we're, begin, we're beginning to become more knowledgeable in terms of how to eat to live. Uh, that's a book that goes back ages, uh, which I, one of the first books, along with the, um, uh, the, the book uh, by Jethro Gloss, Back to Eden. So these are books that we need. We can have access. We have access to them on uh, Amazon. We can buy them for $1, $5. You know, they're used and what have you. Those should be in our kitchen. Uh, any book that's dealing with proper diet, uh, with fasting, any book that's dealing with uh, how to become a vegan or a vegetarian, or if you don't want to go as far as that, at least to practice one, two, or as many days as you possibly can with a meatless diet. Well, we talked um, a couple of times about the prospect of starting a book club. Uh, it is. I, I think book clubs are of value because many times, like the information that you're just talking about, hon, you know, it's great, but it's not the easiest thing to just buy a book and do those things on yeah. your own. Yeah. But if you have others who are reading the book with you and you can network and ask questions and whatnot, it makes that journey a little bit more palatable. So mm -hmm. I, you know, so I would like to suggest, you know, those who are interested in, in, in learning these things, um, you know, start a book club. Yeah. Start a book club. It's not, it's not difficult to do. Um, we can assist you in starting one, but in the um, essence of helping yourself, just Google how to start a book club because there are so many resources. When I first started a book club, I went to Google, and I, you know, I just printed out the pages. There was, there's so much information, and it's not that hard to do. One of the key things that I like about book clubs is that, Everyone, depending on what the, the group agrees upon, everyone can um, share in as far as being the host. Yes. It doesn't have to fall on one person. A lot of times people don't start different initiatives because they know how many times um, everything will be dumped on them. Mm -hmm. I have to pick the book. I have to do this. I have to get everyone together. Mm -hmm. um, I have, you know. But no, in a book club, there's no right or wrong rule. Set your own parameters. 
someone different can be the host each time until you circle back to whoever started it. Do whatever you can do to make it fun and make it easy for yourself. Yes. And you'll see it flourishing. Oh, that's a very excellent point, Heidi. Uh, yeah. So, yes, we will uh, uh, eventually give more information about how to start a book, a book club. And we're doing, as, as my wife was mentioning, that you can do the research yourself. But uh, this is a dialogue that we want to have. I'm going to be posting books I have been doing, actually ongoing, on my Facebook page, certain books that I've read, my wife and I both have read, that uh, we feel that would be mutually interested, interesting for uh, those online with us via Facebook and other social media. Uh, our chat room guest was talking about the fact that, indeed, AIDS has not died out and cancer uh, is never going to die out and so forth. And, 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 and die out probably is a misnomer. Um, we, we want to say that, indeed, these diseases will be uh, prevalent within um, within the world, for that matter, uh, for many years. Uh, however, just like measles and, and other uh, diseases which were rampant, um, and polio, you know, which they have vaccines for and what have you, and, and that's another discussion, too, in terms of vaccines and being vaccinated, uh, there's apprehension in terms of uh, what they come up with to fight off this coronavirus. So we have to do our due diligence. Uh, we, we cannot be complacent. And uh, the best way for us to cure any disease is by uh, assisting the body in being uh, alkaline. Uh, what, what do we mean by being alkaline? Uh, every, every organ has, every living organ has a pH uh, number attached to it. And, 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 and that it can be measured. And they have listings of all foods that, in terms of what is, what is their pH uh, uh, level. And I've heard that the, the flu, the coronavirus, this is going back to uh, the mid-90s, is supposed to be a pH of 6 to 8. So there are certain foods that have a high pH, such as um, uh, dandelion has a 13 pH. Um, vegetables such as broccoli and uh, uh, red chard, string beans. String beans is, is being noted as uh, a vegetable that assists people who have diabetes, and it, it can be an insulin booster. Uh, my wife can talk about that at some other time. Well, I wanted to ask you, you, I think you just said that coronavirus is said to have a pH of what? No, corona. Not this, not this uh, not COVID-19. Uh -huh. But going back to, oh, but that's another thing, too, in terms of the oh, word corona. There's, there's the SARS and there's the MERS. So corona has been in existence for a number of years. Yeah, but I want to get back to the pH because a pH of around 6 point something to 7 is supposed to be normal. So I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. I, so my antenna went up when you said that because um, – it has been said by the health professionals that disease, when, you're, when your body is in a state of disease, it's because you have a low pH, yes. meaning you are acidic. Yes. But the 6 or 7, that's normal. Yeah, the, the, the 6 or 7 mm -hmm. is, is what, the, I'm sorry, the, corona, the coronavirus cannot exist between a 6, actually from 6 to 8, I believe, that, that is placed in check. Okay. As low as a six. Yeah. So, so again, anything, any information that's, that's being shared, and, and, again, I'm not a doctor. You know, I'm, I'm just a person who's hosting a podcast show who's a vegetarian and who has been practicing certain health practices, and every day I'm learning something new. But uh, there, there, there is information, though, regarding the, the fact that, indeed, the body is, is, is a mechanism that can be fed certain foods and you can consume certain foods, you can exercise to a certain amount each day. And we recommend that you walk at least a half an hour a day. You can't do that now, but within your apartment or your home or your backyard, wherever you live. Jumping you jacks. Know, jumping jacks. You can do that in your you home. Can do, you can do squats, sit-ups. Planks. Can do planks. You can do push-ups. Uh, I have on my site, I, 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 I had an illustration of how to do the sun salutation, which is a series of yoga poses. Those uh, uh, poses stretch the limbs, the muscles, 
and they also uh, bring on uh, a they raise your heart rate. So there's anaerobic and aerobic uh, exercises in terms of that you can do uh, isometrics, uh, just pulling uh, the, the the chair that you sit on at, 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 a, at a stationary uh, frame, pulling and pushing, pulling up with your hand. All types of things that you can do, which you don't have to go to a gymnasium in order to exercise. So, uh, indeed, we cannot emphasize that enough, especially those of us who are elders, uh, like myself. You know, I, I have been a runner for over 40 years, and that was a godsend. I used to smoke cigarettes, and I'm happy I'm mentioning cigarettes. There are those of us, as I was talking earlier about, we tend to, even before the coronavirus, we had certain habits that were not healthy, such as smoking cigarettes and and drinking alcohol excessively uh, and other uh, drinking uh, beverages that had have a lot of sugar content. Uh, these are very addictive practices. But smoking, since the coronavirus uh, is impacts the lungs, we have to be cognizant of the fact that, indeed, when you smoke cigarettes, even though you have not displayed any serious illness through the time that you've been smoking, whether it be several years or just recent, uh, depending on your, um, your physiological makeup, the, the, the genetics, which is a possibility, that you might have scar tissue on your lungs. And if you have scarred lungs, scar tissue on your lungs, then that makes you more susceptible to uh, the coronavirus in terms of you getting very ill. So one should consider just going cold turkey. Stop smoking. If you know anyone in your family that smokes, tell them that that's not good for them. You know. Start a support group. It's not that easy to quit. Right. You need support. You need support. Because it's actually an addiction. We don't think of cigarettes as an addiction the way we would think of heroin or something like that. But um, if you're a smoker, I'm an ex-smoker. I haven't smoked a cigarette in 30 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I can personally say you might have the deep desire. You might say every day, this is the day that I'm going to quit. And it sometimes just doesn't work that way. If it works that way for you, wonderful. But most people need some type of support system in order to quit smoking cigarettes. And when you quit, recognize that you might have to walk away from some of your friends who still smoke ah, yes. because they may try to get you to start again. They won't believe your efforts. They might not support your efforts because maybe it challenges their way of life. Mm -hmm. It could be any reason why they might not be supportive. But when you're trying to quit, just be aware of that so that you can, you know, have a plan B. Get yes. some new friends. Stay by yourself. Tell them, you know, tell them that you just have to do what you have to do for your own well-being. Yeah. If they are true friends, they will still be around. Mm -hmm. If not, you don't have anything to worry about now, do you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it amazed me years ago when I used to tell people after I quit smoking that, uh, you know, I quit smoking to en enhance my health and to maintain a healthy body as much as possible. And I was told by some, well, you're going to die anyway. Why not enjoy your life? You know, and I thought that that was the most asinine response. So some people have that consciousness. We have to be aware of that. Uh, we were shopping, again, at a, uh, uh, at a Whole Food uh, 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 chain store, uh, getting produce. And the cashier, she was talking, I spoke about this earlier in the show, she was talking to one of her coworkers, you know, around us. Cursing also as well. And she, I backed away, and she said on her breath, uh, why you got to back away? If I had the flu, the coronavirus, I wouldn't be working here. So obviously she wasn't intelligent. She's not, she's she's not, informed, not informed. Not informed. Uh, I shouldn't say not intelligent. She, mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't judge her for intelligence. But she had, there's a book called Emotional IQ. Well, certain people have a low IQ, with regard to health and, and the nuances of health. They have no understanding of biology uh, and other related uh, uh, persuasions and disciplines that in, involve understanding the, the nature of the coronavirus. So, indeed, there are many young people and older people uh, who don't understand the fact that they don't have to show the symptoms 
of being infected with the virus. I, I think it has a dormancy of up to uh, 12 days or so. I'm not sure, 12 or 14 days approximately. And one can be carrying the virus and infecting some, infecting other people. Um, there's a, a, a flyer that my wife gave me, which I had uh, at hand. Oh, here it is right here. Uh, perhaps you'd like to share this, honey? Oh, sure. And, uh, oh, okay, so this is something good, I guess, to close on. All right. So I had shared this um, with my husband yesterday, and the title of this is Coronavirus Explained Easily. And I would love if um, you could pass this information on so that those who might not understand or for whatever reason of their own don't take this pandemic seriously, here's an easy explanation. Kate got infected yesterday, but she won't know until 14 days later. Mm -hmm. Kate thinks she's healthy and is infecting 10 people per day. These 10 people think that they're okay. They travel, they go out, and they infect 100 people. These 100 people think that they are healthy, and they keep infecting 1,000 people. So we see the, um, how this is growing exponentially. No one knows who is or who can infect you. So do you understand why it is important to stay at home? Be responsible. Stay in quarantine. Ah, that's profound. That is so profound. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Stay in quarantine. Stay uh, home. Yes. Unless mm -hmm. you absolutely have to go out. Mm. Yeah. So I know that quarantine, as our guest is indicating, may seem like you're in prison and you're around four walls or whatever you're, where you live if you happen to be single and living alone. Uh, or with the family, for that matter. And those are discussions that have to be had in terms of if you have children and if you're married and if you have an elder that lives in the house that maybe they need to be uh, away until we get some more understanding of this, away from, from the rest of the family and, and be treated with uh, the utmost of, of, of clean, cleanliness in terms of how we uh, sanitize ourselves and doors and knobs and countertops, bathrooms, sinks, etc., etc. But um, we have to understand that we cannot play into the hands of uh, the powers that be who don't have our interests in mind. Um, we, we're dealing with uh, a reality here that is being displayed of people who are manipulating uh, uh, the, the masses, and, and, and they're those of us who are uh, God-loving, who have the, the essence of the Most High within our uh, spirit, that uh, we, we are understanding that indeed we have to show up like never before with love and compassion for each other. Here's another thought. Wearing a face mask is better than wearing a ventilator mask. Mm -hmm. Staying in your room is better than staying in the ICU. Yes. Washing your hands is better than washing your life away. Stay home and stay safe. Thank you, honey. And on that note, uh, I'd like to just thank everyone uh, for tuning in, and uh, we will be back with you uh, next week at the same time at 3 p.m. And uh, uh, those of us who, uh, those of you rather, who would like to have more information, please uh, feel free to go to my site, Drums of Change. Dot com, and also my um, email address is babawesleygray1943 at gmail.com. That's baba, B-A-B-A, Wesley, W-E-S-L-E-Y, G-R-A-Y, 1943. I want to thank our guest uh, that has tuned in on our chat room and called in. It was a pleasure. And, uh, again, uh, spread the word. And I end by saying alafia. Assalamu alaikum, shalom, namaste, hotep, peace, love, and abundant blessings to all. Thank you all. We love you.